0: Today's episode is brought to you in part by Logos. Logos combines digital books with intelligent software to help you study the Bible deeply. Do word studies with one click, search for virtually anything in your Bible, and enjoy dozens of features that help you see more in Scripture. Right now, you can find my book, Virtuous Persuasion, A Theology of Christian Mission, as well as get a listener discount on Logos by visiting logos.com slash mnebauer. That's logos.com slash M. What is prayer? Is it simply the time where we ask God to do things for us? like asking a genie to grant a wish, or is it something much deeper and more profound? How do we know how to pray and what to pray for? Welcome to This We Believe, a podcast where we explain the essential texts of the Christian faith. My name is Dr. Michael Niebauer. Today we start season three of This We Believe, in which we'll be going line by line through the Our Father. The Our Father has long been associated with the cultivation of Christian hope. It is meant to teach us the significance of prayer, as well as structure and guide our prayer time. Today, we will be addressing the meaning of Christian prayer, as well as looking at some of the key aspects of the Our Father. For Christians, prayer is both communication and communion with the God of the universe. We can think here of a quiet night of conversation with a close friend. Here, there are long periods of silence punctuated by an exchange of words. One offers up words and one receives words in return. Questions are asked, requests are made, counsel is offered. Over the course of this evening, two individuals draw closer to each other and are more fully known by each other. Prayer is silence and the exchange of communication with God. The purpose of prayer, much like the purpose of friendly conversation, is communion and intimacy. This is important to note because one misunderstanding about prayer is that it's primarily about asking and getting things from God. If we view the Christian life as a relationship with God, we can quickly see why this can't be the main aspect of prayer. Imagine a friend who only talks to you when they need something from you. Such a person is not a true friend, but someone who leverages friendship for personal gain. Instead, our truest and best friends simply want to be with us, to be close to us, without getting something in return. This is true for our relationship with God as well. We don't pray primarily to get things from God, though we certainly can and should ask things from God. Instead, we pray because we want to be close to God and desire this intimacy above any other material benefit. Like a conversation, prayer involves an exchange of words between an individual and God. God always stands ready to hear from us and to speak to us. When one professes belief in Jesus Christ and receives the Holy Spirit, they become people who are aware of God's voice and are capable of responding in silent inner conversation with God. This is one of the reasons why Jesus is called the Word of God. If we think of words as the way we connect with others, Jesus is the Word, the way that we connect with God. To profess faith in Jesus Christ, the faith of the Apostles' Creed, is to simultaneously open oneself up to receive this word from God. Now that we understand what prayer encompasses, a more challenging question remains. How do we pray? What words do we say? Fortunately for us, God has given us the words and grammar of prayer in the very words of the Bible. When we read the Bible, we are hearing God's words to us. Whenever we have trouble hearing God's voice in our hearts, we can open the Bible and hear God's word. Furthermore, God is not contradictory. He is not going to tell us something that contradicts what we read in the Bible. And so the Bible trains us to hear from God. And as we read the Bible, we will slowly become people who also hear God's voice in our inner heart when we pray. The Bible not only contains words spoken to us from God, it also gives us the words by which we can talk back to God. In a sense, the Bible is kind of a grammar book, teaching us the language of godly communication. This is seen most vividly in the Psalms. Here the prayers of David are taken up into God and become the words we can use to pray to God. So when we recite a Psalm, we are taking the God-given words of the Bible and adopting them as our own prayer lifted up to God in both times of thanksgiving and times of trial. But the best words given to us by God lie in the Lord's Prayer, the Our Father. In fact, the Our Father was given by Jesus in response to his disciples asking him how they ought to pray. And so the Lord's Prayer remains for us a principal blueprint for structuring and guiding our communications with God. Now, before we go line by line through the Our Father, it is important to look at this prayer as a whole. Here we discover some fascinating and surprising facts about prayer. The first thing we notice about the Our Father is that it is God-centered and direct. Jesus himself instructs us on prayer immediately before he gives us the Our Father in Matthew chapter 6. Here, he criticizes those who pray in order to make themselves look good in front of others, and he criticizes those who babble during prayer. The Our Father reflects this teaching, as it is a simple prayer that directly addresses God. It is a short series of statements that begins and ends with God. The structure of the Our Father itself helps to mitigate against one of the temptations that we face when we pray, and that is the temptation to turn prayer into into a kind of self-analysis before God. Prayer can easily become a time where we just mull over with many words our personal thoughts and emotions. Instead, in prayer, we direct our thoughts, our words, and our hearts to God. We allow the words of the Our Father to focus the words inside our head, allowing us to turn outward to God and ask for his help. Second, The Our Father is primarily comprised of petitions. This is perhaps the one aspect of the Our Father that resonates with our initial understanding of prayer. In prayer, we ask for things. However, the Our Father challenges us to reconsider the specific things that we ask of God. What one notices when they read the Our Father is how little of the prayer is devoted to material things. Often when we pray, we immediately ask God for the security of money the health of ourself and our friends, or for success in our endeavors. While these matters are important to us and to God, only one line of the Our Father, give us this day our daily bread, is devoted to these issues. The rest of the prayer is devoted to asking for God's will to be done, his name to be hallowed, for personal and relational forgiveness, and protection from evil forces. Taking these two points together, we see how the Our Father is meant to recenter us. It is, in a sense, paradoxical. We take time to be alone in order to connect with God. We fixate on our inner thoughts and feelings in order that we might fixate on God. When we pray the Our Father, we look inward in order to turn outward to God and to our neighbor. So, how should one pray the Our Father? To begin, An essential task is to memorize it. Just like we must know and internalize thousands of words in order to know the language of English, we must memorize and internalize the Our Father in order to understand the language of prayer. It is the first prayer we should recite when our eyes open in the morning, and the last prayer we utter before falling asleep at night. Second, we pray the Our Father line by line. After each stanza, Pause and reflect on what is being asked, and pray for specific areas of your life that are addressed by each line. So, when the Our Father requests that God's will be done, pause to ask for specific ways that you would like to see God at work in the world. When the Our Father asks us to forgive others, take time to forgive those around us. This season of this, we believe, is intended to aid in this process by unpacking the significance of each line so that we might all more thoroughly and joyfully enter into God's presence in prayer. I hope you will join us as we continue next time with the first line, Our Father who art in heaven. I'd like to thank you for joining me today on This We Believe. If you have enjoyed this episode, I'd ask that you tell one friend about us. This will go a long way to helping us reach others. If you'd like to connect further, please visit our Facebook page at This We Believe Podcast, our Twitter at We Underscore Believe Underscore Pod, or if you have a question you'd like answered on an upcoming episode, please send us an email at This We Believe Podcast at gmail dot com. Take care and God bless.